Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. The Daily Tech News Show is powered by its listeners, not outside organizations. If you get value from the show, consider giving a little back. As little as a dollar a month keeps great tech news and analysis coming your way commercial free. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, June 13th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And we're very happy to have on the show from uh, England, Charlotte Henry, author of Not Buying It. Welcome, Charlotte. Hello, thank you for having me back. Yes, hello, all the way from London. London, literally calling. Well, not literally, you're on a hangout. (laughs) Calling, exactly. Uh, well, Charlotte's going to talk with us a little bit uh, about the uh, the big Time Warner AT and T merger and the fallout from that in a little bit. Our producer Roger Chang is back. Roger, uh, glad glad you're back. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you for working for us. Uh, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Some big news today. Comcast officially made an offer to buy parts of 21st Century Fox TV and film. All cash offer worth $35 per share, totaling approximately $65 billion, which notably is higher than what Disney was offering. That was a stock-based $52.4 billion deal. Fox Broadcasting, Fox News, and Fox Sports not part of either offer. Comcast was also waiting for the AT&T Time Warner deal to be resolved. So that's probably a factor here. Yesterday, a U.S. federal judge ruled that a merger could go ahead. We're going to talk about more of this a little later in the show. Microsoft announced a new design coming to Office based on the Fluent design, the one you see in Windows 10. Uh, The ribbon is now just going to be one row. It'll add accessible icons, and you will, if you don't like that change, be able to expand back to the classic version of three rows. Office on the web has been rebuilt to run faster and will include avatars for commenters as well as dedicated colors for participants. Microsoft says it will deploy new designs to select customers in stages, starting with the new ribbon in the web version of Word and then coming to Outlook for Windows in July and then on and on and on. In Twitter news, Twitter will start alerting users at the top of their timeline when a major event is happening. For example, an earthquake. We here in L.A. love those. Or the World Cup or some sort of other event that a lot of people care about. Tapping on the alert will take users to a section with curated tweets broken up into categories like recap or latest or the like. The Explore tab will focus on these events and Twitter is adding new sections for topics like news, sports, and also a personalized for you section. 
Australia announced Wednesday it has agreed to fund new undersea cables and a security center for the Solomon Islands. China's Huawei had announced plans to lay cables to the Solomon Islands, which would have connected on to a broadband hub in Sydney, and Australia didn't like the idea of Huawei having that access, so they've decided to lay their own cables instead. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Intel getting into the GPU business. Correct. In a tweet, Intel said on Tuesday that its first discrete GPU will come in 2020. The company says its GPU will target both data centers and gaming PCs. Intel hired AMD's graphics head Raja Kaduri last November. Now, last time Intel attempted a discrete graphics card was with Larrabee back in 2009 which only made it to data centers. Yeah, they were kept talking about a gaming version of that one coming out, and it, and it never did. They just came out with the Knight's Landing uh, version, and they're sort of denying that it happened. They're saying, our first ever GPU will be coming. But I keep talking about Intel getting into the businesses that are next, trying to make sure they're ahead of the game uh, and, and catch that next wave and not miss out on mobile. Uh, this is a little bit more of them getting in on a hot market that does con- seem to keep heating up as GPUs are used for more and more things like machine learning, etc. Uh, I'm going to chime in here. I think they really need to... I think they're feeling the the competition breathing down their neck. They need to have an all-in-one solution that is performance capable. Now they already wait. Have you say an, all in one, but it's a discrete GPU, so it's no, not. No, I mean, like they they have they have an not all in one. I don't mean like a single design, but I mean like they have an all in one shop uh, uh, design that they can uh, farm out in the way that AMD has successfully, uh, you know, rather successfully with their uh, with their GPU as well as their uh, CPU business, and. You know, NVIDIA is pushing the other way, right? They're trying to they're, they're tr- developing their own uh, ARM-based processors for you know markets that traditionally have been x86 only, and so like you know, Intel's like, well, we need something that can compete, right? We have integrated graphics. No one, no one is going to mistake them for a performance part. It's a budget power issue for 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 that part, but we need to start competing on this other playing field that we haven't been before. Dixon's oh. car phone and out. Oh, I'm sorry, Charlotte. Uh, what? I find the um, gaming PC version of idea of this, that Intel would get into that market more, really interesting because you guys were talking yesterday about the kind of gaming streaming and, uh, you know, we all just going to be playing games streamed from our TVs like Netflix for a monthly thing, uh, for a monthly subscription. And actually suddenly you've got a massive company like Intel going, no, what we need is the top of the range. We want the serious gamers. You know, even in the UK here, we've started having esports broadcast live on TV. Oh yeah, that's the that Intel are thinking. Do you know what? Anyone can do streaming games, but we need to be at the top end of this market. And that, as we mentioned yesterday, that top end's not going away because right, exactly. as good as streaming gets, the latency is still going to be bothersome for people who really want to have the best possible exactly. performance. Yeah, it's not going to ever be the same as a Intel powered specific gaming PC. Dixon's Carphone announced it has informed the UK's ICO, FCA, and the police that it detected evidence of a data breach. Attackers accessed payment data. A lot of times we talk about breach and say, well, but they didn't get payment data. They just got personal info. This time they got both. Uh, It did not include PIN codes or those CVV numbers that are on the back of cards often. However, about 105,000 of these cards were not from the EU and didn't have chip and PIN protection, meaning they are considering those cards compromised. So they've notified card issuers 
They have not detected any fraud on any of the potentially compromised numbers. Uh, the attackers, as I mentioned, also access name, email, and address for about 1.2 million records. And again, no evidence that data is being used. Uh, but I, Charlotte, I thought this was interesting because it's the first breach in the EU since GDPR. Since GDPR, yes, which everyone is still recovering from the 8 million emails we all received asking us to subscribe or unsubscribe for GDPR. But also what was interesting to me is it kind of gave me a flashback to the Talk Talk pack, um, which was a huge, huge, huge news here. And the Information Commissioner's Office, I mean, didn't finish all that long ago. So there was a massive fine in 2016 for Talk Talk. Uh, so in, in that case, the Information Commissioner's Office here really kind of put now their colours to the mast and took it very seriously. So I suspect uh and Warehouse are not going to be in for an easy time here because this is, like you say, one, it's after GDPR. Two, it comes after uh, the, the authorities here had really made their point about breaches and how seriously we were taking it. Yeah. So there's going to be, I think, a, a comfortable, uncomfortable months coming up. Charlotte, just as an aside, before we move on to the next story, I've always chuckled a little bit at the at the name Carphone Warehouse, which is obviously a holdover from you know a previous era. Is that something that anybody in the UK even thinks about? Because the stores are everywhere. Yeah, well, they've merged with Dixons now, so it's kind of become more of a thing. I mean, the bigger thing is actually do people still buy electronics on the high street? Yeah, uh, right. We had we had so you had Dixons Carphone Warehouse merge. We've now had another uh, range of stores called Maplins, which has gone under. The British High Street at the moment is uh, under huge, huge pressure, and the electronic stores are really, really facing it because, guess what? People just buy their stuff on Amazon. Yeah. Nobody was buying radios at Radio Shack, and now no one's buying anything at Radio Shack. <laughs> well, Carphone Warehouse always kind of reminded me of yeah. Radio Shack. It's like, we all know what it is. It's just a very antiquated name. Okay, well, something that isn't antiquated is what's going on in Iceland. Iceland's AHA, which launched a limited drone delivery trial with Israeli company Flytrex last year, will phase in more drones over the next two years, meaning that Reykjavik, which is the capital, residents could soon expect drone deliveries to their doorsteps, which is ahead of other European capitals, although Reykjavik is pretty interesting as a capital if you want to compare it to other European capitals. AHA is permitted to fly 13 routes around Reykjavik and drones can make detours of up to 700 meters in order to reach their customers. I mean, forget European capitals. This is ahead of everywhere but Rwanda. Rwanda is the only place I know of that has like had drone delivery for medical supplies in its case for a long time and it's an established business. Everywhere else has just been trials up until now. I think this is kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal, but has anyone ever cracked the security problems? As soon as I've, I've discussed this with people, and they're like, oh, if you saw something cool being flown by the Amazon drone, can you just knock it out the sky and steal it? Has anyone really tackled these security issues? AHA says they're not worried about that because they fly high enough and they fly 50 kilometers an hour. They're like, most people will not be able to see them. So it is not a significantly larger risk than, say, a UPS truck or, or something like that, which you could also try to... Which not. is probably true to an extent, but if a drone is going to drop something in someone's backyard at some point, you know, even if it's way above what we would see, like, you're going to see it at some point. Well, so, it, yeah, you're I see it when it's coming question, down. Like, but I don't know, like, do you, like, you know, use a BB gun and take a drone down? 
I, it would have to be your, only your neighbor's drone because it's going to be high until it gets close to the delivery part point. Then it sure. comes down and leaves it in the secure delivery area. This well, is why you do a trial, though, which they did, and it seems to have worked. So now we'll see how this works. I also think it's going to freak out a lot of authorities. We have a problem here, and I don't know if it's such a problem in the U.S., of drones being used to get stuff into prisons. A lot of oh, our yeah. prisons are in very built-up areas. And so it's very easy for people just to be hanging around and trying to fly stuff over the walls. So I suspect uh, authorities, particularly here in Britain, are going to be very, very worried about having a load of drones flying around. Google announced its next AI research center will be located in Accra, Ghana. Senior Google AI fellow Jeff Dean and staff research scientist Mustafa Sis wrote in a blog post that events like Data Science Africa 2017, which took place in Tanzania, the 2017 Deep Learning in Daba event in South Africa, uh, were encouraging in making the decision to locate in Ghana. The center will focus on applications of AI research in Africa. So keep in mind, this is now the trend of, of, of research. Uh, the, the new thing is open your AI research center in a way to encourage people to come there, contribute to your project, and that way you can hire some of the most brilliant people. Google's now done this not only in Europe and the United States and North America, but in China and now in Ghana. The tech revolutions happening in, America, in Africa are fascinating. Yeah, it- uh, it's just like some of the stuff you read about and hear about happening there is, and how connected some of those countries now are without us sounding like silly patronizing kind of Westerners is the level of it innovation happening there is fabulous. It's amazing. Yeah. The, the way we were looking at Southeast Asia in the eighties and, and, and India in the nineties, uh, you gotta be looking at Africa. Like there's going to be some Alibaba's and grabs and Ola's, coming out of Africa soon. Well, let's take it back to London, shall we? London Tech Week is going on, and amongst the AR and VR and AI and ball pit for developers, Deputy Mm -hmm. Mayor Rajesh Agrawal is touting London over Silicon Valley. Ooh, them spreading words. He said, quote, If you're in the U.S., New York is the finance capital. Washington, D.C. is the seat of government. Silicon Valley is where all the tech talent exists. But in London, we have all of this in one place. So, Charlotte, I want to kick this over to you. Is that true? As a resident of London, can you say this? Yeah, this has always been the pitch with London. So you have, literally within walking distance, uh, an area called, oh, it's called Old Street Roundabout. They call it Silicon Roundabout in London. Um, And that is within minutes, walking distance of the city of London, the what's known as the square mile, the, the traditional city of London where the finance centre still is. That, that is real. And then not very far away, you have Westminster, the seat of government. So it is practically there. That was one of the reasons why London always tried to make itself the tech centre. There's lots of other places. Uh, I mean, gaming, for example, game development happens across the UK and actually is primarily not in London. But um, in terms of startups, that, that's, London is the heart of it because... It is so easy to connect with the people who can finance it. And that's why they have things like London Tech Week. And it's fascinating. We've had a lot of debates happening today. Brexit is in Parliament today. We've had MPs storming out. It's been a hugely controversial day. But one of the things people think... Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Will help but improve Brexit is if we can have this technological innovation particularly coming from London. Yeah, as, as, as it's it's good for London either way, uh, and certainly necessary if 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 there is a more traumatic version of Brexit that happens, uh, which is anybody's guess at this point, right? Charlotte, where is the gaming development capital of England, if not London, if there is a city? It's extraordinary. I think there's also there's amazing studios over in Wales, across the whole country. But the, the reason why British government has been so supportive of the gaming industry is because it's not London-based. They felt that it was something that was very regional. And so, uh, I mean, there's huge technological innovation happening in Cambridge as well because of the universities. And that's another thing you have to remember about London as well. We have a huge number of universities based here. Um, so you have all that expertise as well, plus it's within uh, you know short train rides of Oxford and Cambridge and so on. So you have a lot of that connectivity. But in terms of gaming, I mean, it's happening around the UK. It's one of the kind of unsung success stories of kind of visual effects of gaming around the UK is quite extraordinary. It's too bad they went with Silicon Roundabout. I, I would have preferred Silicon Circus. <laughs> no, a circus is just another name for a roundabout, right? That's true. Is it? Piccadilly Circus. I actually never it's really not. knew that. Silicon Circus. Then you oh, think circus and trapeze artists. And... I just never really thought about it. Hmm. Some people hey. would say clowns hanging around in sort of... <laughs> right, the clowns down in Silicon Circus. I think if you call it Silicon Circus and, yeah, I don't know, we, you know, sort of like, you know, some stocks dip, you know, everyone's like, well, it was always a circus. Yeah. So maybe that's See, not it works the right in so many to. ways. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines in each day, about five minutes is all you need. Go subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. You can even get it on Google Home. And it's, I believe, on the Siri HomePod now, as well as Amazon Echo. And, of course, as a podcast at DailyTechHeadlines.com. U.S. District Court Judge Richard Leon ruled that AT&T's proposed purchase of Time Warner is legal. And Leon even said, I'm not going to impose any conditions on this. It's kind of made it sound like it's open season. Yeah, media company and you want to merge? Go for it, says Judge Leon. Uh, the merger will combine Time Warner's HBO, Turner Network's Warner Brothers Film Studio. Remember, this is not Time Warner Cable. This is Time Warner 
the television and movie company. Uh, Time Warner Cable doesn't even exist anymore. It's called Spectrum. It's part of Charter. So this is AT&T wanting to buy television networks, particularly CNN, TNT with its NBA deal, HBO, the Warner Brothers Film Studio. That's all going to exist now alongside AT&T's ISP and its pay TV service like DirecTV. AT&T expects the merger to close on or before June 20th. U.S. Assistant Attorney General Macon Delrahim says the government still opposes the merger. It's considering next steps. But Judge Leon said, don't you dare ask for a stay. That would be a, uh, a horrible thing to do. Like, he really tried to talk him out of it. So we'll see if the Department of Justice continues to oppose this. If not, we're probably going to see, in fact, we, as the top of the show mentioned, we've already seen Comcast come out and say, yes, we would like to buy the pieces of Fox that Disney wants to buy. So there's going to be a bidding war there. The theory is that Murdoch actually prefers the Disney deal because Comcast was in on the negotiations back in December. But the fact that regulatory opposition might have been one of the things that was a negative about Comcast could be less of an issue now that we've had this decision from the judge. Uh, But you're probably going to see CBS and Viacom heat up. Will they merge? Uh, There's rumors out there that Charter might want to buy CBS and or Viacom or both. Uh, There's been some talk that maybe Verizon would look at them, although Verizon seems to be pivoting to focusing on infrastructure with their new CEO, who is an expert in 5G. But who knows? Maybe Oath. Uh, would would maybe they'd bring in Armstrong and say, "Hey, let's get you a media company." Uh, there's a great article on Recode about this, showing all of the bits and pieces out there that that are available. You've got AMC is a, is is ripe for acquisition. Uh, you've got Cox Cable out there. You've got Discovery Scripts, even Sony's Pictures. If you separate it from the rest of Sony, which there's talk that maybe they would spin it off, it starts to look like a, a small piece that could be bought from Sony possibly. So uh, it's it's sort of open season now. Uh, what do you guys think of of where this is all going? I think it seems to me that this is the only way media companies think they can survive at the moment is they think only yeah they think they have to be as big as possible and as big as is allowed by the regulators in order to survive it but um what i'm interested in as well is what does this mean in terms of original content do you think if that these two merge uh this new company is going to have a lot more clout to produce original stuff because that's to me where the battle is seems to me that they want to be able to complete with the oranges the new blacks and Mr. Robots and everything going on on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Yeah, and and I would not be shocked. Well, first of all, they get that with HBO, right? Uh, HBO may be small on the streaming end right now, but if you add in all of their cable subscriptions and their worldwide deals, uh, they are huge. So that is a business that seems to be in the process of of transition. Yeah, you get, and in, in the UK, Sky, which is obviously connected to, to was connected to the Murdochs and so on, um, you get uh, H, some of the HBO original programming now is on, on Sky New, Sky America. Mm-hmm. We have a channel which shows all these cha- those Yeah, programs. yeah. So, so Time Warner gets a streaming service in HBO now, right, right off the bat, or, or I mean AT&T gets it. Uh, my que- yeah, I think a good question is, do they then take the engine that makes 
shows for TBS, which is highly proficient in comedies. You don't hear people talking about them as much because they're not dramas. But Angie Tribeca, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien, that's a, that's all TBS. The, it, do they start to create their own streaming services out of the catalog produced by these channels, TNT, TBS, etc., and and shovel it into a Netflix competitor rather than licensing those shows out to Hulu or Netflix or others? Yeah, I mean, that, that to me, I think that is the right question because I think these big companies have almost, they've been so big they could rest on their laurels for a bit and they didn't care if Netflix or Amazon Prime were re-showing their shows or whatever, but suddenly they were, they became production companies that could compete with them and in some cases beat them. And I think that's what's really scared a lot of these big media companies. Netflix is about as big as Disney at this point in market cap. Uh, so AT&T already bigger than Netflix or Disney. One of the other things that I saw a few people talking about is they also get more data. Uh, they can have customer data harvested out of the cable relationships, the HBO streaming packages, and start to become an advertising company when they combine it with what they know as an ISP, with what they know as a direct TV operator, uh, and that is really where AT&T wants to be. They want to be in that trillion-dollar market category next to Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, etc. Google and Facebook dominating advertising right now because they have customer data. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it seems like this battle is heating up, and it'll be interesting to see this side of the Atlantic as well. We've got a slightly different media environment. It's slightly more fragmented. But um, it'll be very interesting to see if these big mergers actually happen. We've obviously always had, we had recently uh, the kind of the talk over Sky. There was a controversy with Sky News over here, and could the, the Murdoch-owned company take that over? So it'll be interesting to see if the, the kind of merger free-for-all that's happening over your side of the Atlantic uh, comes, comes over here. Yeah, and Comcast is interested in Sky. I don't think they've they've made an, an actual offer for them yet, but that that's kind of the next shoe to drop, huh? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and also, it's really worth listening to if you haven't had a chance. After you've watched the Daily Tech News show, uh, Pete Kafka, who you mentioned, did a brilliant interview at the Recode conference uh, with James Murdoch, where he taught where James Murdoch was very coy about this Comcast bid. Uh, he said, "We'll deal with it when it happens." Well. It's happened now, so let, let's see how, how the Murdochs react. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and Pete does the Lord's work over there at Recode covering this, too. Like, he's one of the people I, I always listen a little extra close to because uh, he's been following this so yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, so James long. Murdoch more or less said, no, we want to go with Disney. We're not interested in the Comcast takeover, but hostile <laughs> takeovers don't always work that way. How about less regulatory uncertainty and $10 more billion? Does that change your mind, James? Maybe it does. Yeah, when you're sitting on the boards. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. We love you. Submit stories. Also vote on other people's stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Want to hang out on Facebook? That's fine, too. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow is where we'll hang out with you there. 
And keep the emails coming. We've been getting some great emails. We don't read every single one on the show. We get more than we could do that with. Uh, but that doesn't mean it wasn't an awesome email. And we try to respond uh, when appropriate as well. What's in the mailbag today, Sarah? Well, we've got one from Rich and Lovely Cleveland who says in uh, response to us talking about USB-C versus Thunderbolt and what iPhones might have in the future says, I think a lot of confusion around USB-C comes from Apple leading the charge to do Thunderbolt 3 over the interface as well as using it for device charging. If the interface was just used as a reversible USB 3.1 port... It'd be straightforward. But even in Apple's limited ecosystem, seeing a USB-C port can mean vastly different things. The MacBook, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the 15-inch MacBook Pro all use different wattage for charging over USB-C. So there's no real universal there. The Pro line can do Thunderbolt 3, which means multiple external displays, graphics, and PCIe speeds. The MacBook, on the other hand, much more limited. Cables don't make it obvious at a glance if there's Thunderbolt support or whether you can get a 5 or a 10 or 40 gigabit per second. Relative mystery. Not to mention, half the Thunderbolt 3 ports on the 13-inch MacBook Pro don't even get full bandwidth. Rich says, this becomes less obvious if you're moving to the larger PC market, although very few exclusively use USB-C, which mitigates the issue somewhat. He says... This will get better as time goes on. Right now, though, USB-C and Thunderbolt 3, pretty confusing. Yeah, I guess I've dealt with this by not using USB-C for much. <laughs> I basically use it for charging uh, and I almost always use the cable supplied with the device, with that device, uh, with the exception of, of, of interchanging some phone chargers from time to time. Uh, but yeah, it, w- w- once... All of my peripherals that I'm looking at right in front of me, my keyboard, my mouse, my my mixer, all work on USB-C. All of these issues become serious because I don't want to have to be like, well, wait, which cable actually carries the data at the speed that I need? I can't tell. Like, that's that's not a good situation to be in. Charlotte, how many dongles do you have in your uh, home office right now? <laughs> that's a very personal question. <laughs> all right. I'm, actually, I'm actually still... Just about holding out, keeping my laptop, uh, my keyboard, and uh, you know, trackpad and stuff powered by uh, by Bluetooth. We've got the um, so I use a, like one of the super fast Android chargers, which does a pretty nice job. But is it? But if I use an older generation one, we can talk. It's, it'll come up on my phone. I got I got an S8 Edge. It'll set, tell me, oh yeah, it's going to take six, seven, eight hours to charge. Wow, this is craziness. Yeah. This is. Because it's an older cable. What is this? Two thousand eight. Right, seven hours. But seriously, I've had messages like four, five, six hours. This is mad. Yeah. And this is because the issues you identifying. These are old cables. These are you know it might not be the exact cable that's come in the box, and so and things are just not compatible. It's not universal. And for all of us, you know, using multiple devices in multiple locations, we want. I'm sure you guys are like me that want loads of different chargers and, like you say, Sarah, dongles and your different bits and pieces to keep everything running, whichever room in the flat or office you're in. Like, we need a bit of compatibility. I also think what I was when you were list talking about uh, if that the uh, iPhone might change some of its inputs or yesterday, mm-hmm. I was just imagining the Apple fanboy meltdown about this. I mean, I think people have only just recovered from when they changed it the last time. And yeah. 
I've just started to, to be in hotel rooms that have lightning ports in their alarm clocks instead of right. the old version. So, yeah. People are, like, freaked out over the headphone port situation, so I don't even know what's going to happen next time. Well, what we do hope happens next is Charlotte Henry being on the show sooner than later. Again, so fun to have you, Charlotte. Let folks know where they can learn more about your book and everything else you've been up to. Thanks. Yes, it's been really fun to be back, actually. So if you uh, go to unbound.com slash, yeah, there we go, unbound.com slash books slash not buying it. That's my first book. We've, uh, the publisher does everything by crowdfunding. We've done 100%. Yay. So you can still, if you you pledge now, get your name in the book. There's some cool extras there as well. So do get involved in that. There's loads of other stuff from me at charlotteahenry.com or at charlotteahenry on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you, Charlotte. And thanks to everybody who crowdfunds this show and makes it possible. We are actually uh, at almost halfway through the month, four patrons ahead of last month. So keep it going. Let's see how many more people we can get in the pool, because the more people watching, the more discussions we have with each other and the more fun it is, especially if you take advantage of some of the perks at some of the higher levels, like joining the Slack uh, or, or getting the, uh, the, the weekly column with sometimes appearances by Alternatom, who is entirely unreasonable. That's all can be found at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address, if you would like to give us feedback, whatever it may be, is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, please do so. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Justin Robert Young's back, and so are we. Talk to you tomorrow. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.